Hey, welcome back. I'm Tiffany. I'm Carol. This is Saya. This is what keeps us together. Basically the group chat in your head. Living rent free. So as you might have noticed, one of us is missing. RIP to Nicole. She is not actually dead, but she is actually resting today. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me just go ahead and say that I was against saying RIP. But... We all tried to talk her out of it vehemently. <laughs> so but here we are. I just... Like that, I have an off day. She is off. She's not dead. She's resting. Rest in resting. <laughs> Peacefully in her bed. All right. So you might have heard an extra voice today. Today joining us is just Jonathan Adriel. Hello, everyone. He is friend of the show. He is a thespian, a singer, a dancer, a fitness. Listen, let me just finish for her. I'm all of that plus a bag of Doritos. Just a red bag. That's it. And you probably recognize his voice from our intro. Yes. Singing. Not y'all sounding like um, that was Zeke, not me. (laughs) That little girl. Yes. Are you smart? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Chaprina. Mm -mm. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. So let's get things started. Today we are going to talk about a topic near and dear to my heart. Um, It is growing up in the black church while gay oh, um so i know that this is going to be Wait, a controversy are you gay uh yes oh. uh in case it was not painfully obvious to any of my followers can y'all feel the eye roll across the, the airwaves social media i i is gay yo tom bien that's spanish for me too i also will if you technical Yes. If you were unaware, we are going to play a cultural reference with regards to this. And this is um, this topic is um, something that was rolling through social media back in June when Kev on stage interviewed one Jackie Hill Perry, um, who is a, a mother of three residing in Atlanta and um is a wife um, to said Preston Perry. But in this interview, you will hear her um, talk about how she at one time or another in her life was a lesbian. And um, <laughs> to be confused with lesbian? Yes. 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 To be clear. <laughs> Meaning also likes women. Yes. Not an actress in place. Yes. <laughs> um. Uh, but um, is now living a heterosexual life with her husband and partner. Um, and so this is just an interview that went through social media, mainly because it, it definitely ruffled quite a few feathers. And, <laughs> Meeting um, Jay's. Very <laughs> <laughs> ruffled feathers. <laughs> and there are a few others, but to the point where Kev had to take this down. I don't know if you guys know, but I was looking for this thing for a while. This is not on social media. The whole thing is oh, not on social media. Interesting. Anywhere. I actually don't find that surprising. As it should not be. The ease with which you sent it to us, I am surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I am. The, uh, I will dig. Yeah, strokes. What's a librarian but for the internet? Because that's what you are. <laughs> 
<laughs> you said you're looking for what again? <laughs> Go through my uh, Rolodex here or my... Um, I'm I'm done at PR strokes. The interview is between the two of them, and it got cut off uh, in uh, Instagram, um, Instagram and social media. So this is just a snippet of what she has to say about why she is no longer living as a lesbian. Let me get my neck roll together. All right. Um. So I, I think that's one of the things that I've just come to see is that man temptation as it is expressed in being same-sex attracted may not ever change for me. I am a woman uh, who was married to a man, functionally heterosexual, love him, I like him, I enjoy him, yet at the same time, I'm still very much attracted to women, yet I love God more than what I am tempted by. And so because of that, I am willing to disregard and suppress, which the Bible tells me to do, not suppress the truth, <laughs> but suppress my sinful nature, um, because I just believe that it honors God. That's countercultural, but that's all right. No. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was only a portion of what she went into. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna preface anything that I'm gonna say um with this being one, my personal opinion. Two, my personal experience. And three, this does not fit. This is not a one size fit all type of situation. So anything that I say moving forward um, on this topic is literally my point of view from how I have had to live my life. This is not, this may or may not work for you as well. I, just Jonathan Adriel, do concur. I'm talking from my lens. I am experiencing from my lens. One plus two is three. All right. Amen. And me, Carol, um, will just be asking questions. <laughs> Are we making an opinion? All right. <laughs> it's not my truth, but I still have thoughts. I know questions. Say, and I, I think that that's the nice thing about having friends who are willing to have these discussions. Please but ask also, these questions. Uh, yeah, ask the questions, but also seek to empower us wherever we stand. So, who wants to who wants to start with this? Who wants to well. Let's go let Jay talk first because he had all kinds of eye rolls, emotions, deep sighs, and heavy blinks the whole time. So wow. I would love to hear wow. what you were thinking. Oh, he has a notepad. <laughs> like, I got notes. Um, sis, what you disregarding? Let's start there. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you disregarding? How are you disregarding yourself? Who said it's a sin? Who okay, I'm done. Who said what being gay is a sin? Yes. Well, there's the Bible. A, yeah, I thought I said there are scriptures. Then and but then that takes me back to history class mm -hmm. because there were twelve men who were appointed to transcribe what this Bible was supposed to say. Who is to say <clears throat> that King James had a gay son who he was upset with, who said, "I don't want you to be like that," so I'm going to just incorporate this into the Bible. And this is coming from a preacher's kid, two times squared. What he means is that his mom and his dad are a preacher's. And my granddaddy. Oh, and his granddaddy. That's where so that's the squared. squared. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm tracking, I'm tracking. Yeah. I see the math. <laughs> One plus two, that's three. Okay, I got it. <laughs> let, me tell you, let me tell you about Tiffany. <laughs> let me tell you how I got to love her regardless. But no, seriously, like that whole statement 
ruffled all the feathers in my people. Oh, I can't say peacock. Well, I can say peacock, but that was just a bad analogy. But sis, go ahead, somebody else. I can't. I think um, what was interesting to me is that it was almost like it's not that she wanted to be straight, or it's even like, that she is. Maybe she, yeah, it's like, like she felt like she had to in order to serve God, which those two don't have to be mutually exclusive. Like you don't have to be straight to love God or believe in him or anything like that. Yeah. Like that's, I think that's where it kind of felt like not disingenuous because I don't know her truth. I don't know her personally or her story, anything. It's just like, she felt like she needed to be. And that's why she is living that life now. Because I thought, because I was such a loving individual, I had to be in a relationship. But when I forgot about that, and Carol knows, like, I spent time going to the water, dating God. That's when I felt my closest. And I felt our relationship matured so much when I forgot when I forgot about niggas. And I was like, I need to focus on God. That's and but never, ever in my communication with God was I like, wait, you want me to stop liking man? That never happened. 12 years old, after my brother, we were at a football game, Spring Valley versus Northeast. I was in my room, 12 years old, looking out the window, and I was like, God, please come into my heart. But that's all I thought about was God coming into my heart, even though I was still gay, still twirling for the gods. But, like, I don't like that type of person. I think I struggle with the idea that so much of the Bible and so much of what Christianity preaches is that God makes no mistakes and that you're made in God's image and that God made you exactly how you're supposed to be. But yet there is this large component of like what people are born as that we tell them is inaccurate and needs to change. And that's where I... I mean, as a heterosexual person, I find it very confusing. I, yeah. I, I like struggle with that concept a lot because it seems societal and human to me. It does not it doesn't feel like it's from God and my Walker relationship with him. Yeah, that was my turning point, too. When someone said God makes no mistakes, but you're telling a child or a person that God that's made the you. First he's a thing mistake. I heard. <laughs> yeah. That is the first as a preacher's kid. Two times, that's the first thing I heard that I'm wrong. Mm hmm. That, all right, so I have a lot of feelings about this, but I will say this. Um, First thing, uh, what dropped on, um, uh, what is her name? Uh, Billy Porter uh, was on, who did I say show she was on with the T? What's her real name? Tamron Hall. Tamron Hall, Hall, sorry, no. Tamron Hall, Billy Hall, Billy uh, Porter Porter was on Tamron Hall today to discuss. Uh, him coming, um, uh, becoming HIV positive. If you haven't watched it, check it out. It's really good. But he also talks about um, the same thing Jonathan mentioned in, uh, as far as individuals in the church telling them two things. One, that if you are gay, that you are abomination and going to hell, but also two, that you can't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And I think I will be honest in saying that being gay is a very low hanging fruit as far as what people will throw under the bus, right? Like they see a child who is clearly flamboyant 
oh, I'm going to attack that because I know that that is something that I believe is wrong versus knowing any child that may be dealing with greed or maybe dealing with, you know, any of the other sins. It's not as easy. And I say sins with respect to what is in the Bible, not saying that I am saying that I agree that being hungry homosexual is a sin just that we're talking about the list of the ones that people are saying are, are, that the bible says is a sin and then that that's the low hanging fruit right and you can clock some people as early as right as early as as three or four right and so that's an easy it's a very easy hanging low hanging fruit which also takes the attention off of all the other sins that I'm, I'm listing right so that means that i don't have to talk about my being sexually immoral, you know, sleeping with somebody else's wife or, or husband, um, talk about how I'm stealing tithes from the church. Right. Like this is, it's easier to shift the, 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 to point the finger at somebody else. Uh, when you, when you know, you're already struggling versus what the, the church should be doing as a whole, which is saying, if you believe this, the Bible says this is a sin. So if that is the case, then why are you not then working with me and my sinfulness and being able to help me develop a better relationship with Christ? Telling me that I'm an abomination at four years old does not do that. And therein lies to me the overarching problem, right? If you are you are so willing to tell somebody they're an abomination, then you need to check your own self first. And why is that the first thing you want to say? And then secondly, turn and then say, you know what? I'm concerned about you. I want you to develop your personal relationship with God. So if God tells you that he loves you no matter where you are, then I will be able to do the same. And that's, that's to me where the, the crux of this whole uh, situation comes in because it's very easy to point out somebody else and say what their flaws are. That conversation never happened with me. Right. As my father, as the pastor of the church, my mother as the evangelist, my grandfather, that conversation never happened with me. And all, for a long time, I always imagined, what if there was a class in Sunday school, if you were, I mean, I consider myself like SpongeBob at 37 years old, but like if, because who I am now, who Carol knows, that's the same person I was at like four or five. Like ain't nothing changed. I just got a beard and that's about it. But ain't nothing else changed. Not a beard like Tia. I love you, Tia. Appreciate you. Oh. But that's my ex-girlfriend. But, <clears throat> but like, no, nah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. But like, we did not, nobody ever had that conversation with me. Mm -hmm. You're perfect. So, but let me teach you. Let's incorporate this. Yeah. I was, okay. Next. Is that worse? Like, um, someone saying. Please ask all the questions, please. Mm -hmm. No, my question, like, is it, if someone came to you and was like, hey, I know you're gay. But come into my, let's talk about Jesus. Like, is it like, to me, that still feels like they're trying to change who you are. Or you that not being the basis of the conversation? The, I, yeah, one thing, it shouldn't be the basis. If you are concerned about somebody who is being greedy, if you are concerned about somebody that's being lustful, if you consider, you know, concerned with somebody, you who know. Who eating too much. Yeah. Like, greedy, all of that. All of that. If you approach them with saying, "Hey, you too, you too fat. Let me help God. Do you think? Let me help you find God. Do you think that that's gonna really help anybody find God? Yeah. No, that shouldn't be the basis of the conversation. And you are you 
You are following a subset of rules that you I mean, that you see in the Bible. Right. Okay, regardless of any of that, are you approaching the person or are you approaching the sin? You say you love this, love the person, and not um, and not the sin. Well, why are you not approaching me in a way in which you should be do- which you say you're going to be doing like with love? With love, yeah. Bottom line is instead of with judgment. Yes, I, and I will say this: I also understand that people identify sexually. And for different reasons, and and I cannot go through all the reasons. Your reason could be you felt like you were born that way. Your reason could be that you later on in life determined that you were. You, you're, you, it, I can't tell you where you fit in with all of that. But what I am saying is if you ever come into that realization, do you really want somebody up here telling you you need to fi- find God and the only way you're going to be able to do that is Acknowledging the fact that you're an abomination, that's not, you're not gonna get there. That you're not ain't gonna get there. It. That is that ain't it. Be- <laughs> so did you guys ever feel like resentment towards God? Because both oh. of you, both of you, for your journeys, you were born gay. Just to be Correct. to Correct. clarify. Okay, so do you ever feel like you were resentful to Him for making you this way? There was a time. To God himself or the church dynamic or both? I didn't know that it wasn't of God because I believe what the church was saying with regards to that. And let me be clear, I didn't come out and then realize it was bad. I realized it was bad and then came out. Like no one, no one told, no one knew that I was gay. Uh, I very much knew early on, but nobody knew. I they used to give those little small cartoon books out uh, about religion in some way, shape, or form, or some like the seven deadly sins or whatever the case may be. And I re- I didn't I don't even know I could read, but the comic was enough for me to be like, oh, okay, that's me, and I already know I cannot come out. So, you know, and you also as a child hear people talk, so you already know what's going to happen, whether or not they directly talk to you or not. So for me, it was very much, I know that I'm gay and I'm not going to share this. And as I'm trying to figure it out, like they're telling me that this is something I cannot be. So why am I? God, do you want me not to be this? How, you know, you're navigating a lot of things. And on top of which, this is just you trying to figure out like, who you are. are. Yeah. Who you are. Like if the first thing you hear is, you go in hell, but above that, you're preached to that hell is this bad place, fire, blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, baby, I don't want to go there. I can't be cute there. And we're not going to do that. I can't be cute there. <laughs> but but that's that's all that's hammered into you. Mm-hmm. But when you off the choir stand and you walk into your daddy's office and you hear the ushers counting money, but you hear them saying, oh, that's the, that's the one who got a little sugar in his tank. At six, I don't know what that means. You know, it's different. I know. I, I've already... I didn't, okay, this is where I'm loud. <clears throat> I already know that I'm different. I've identified that at Kindercare on Decca Boulevard at four years old when this little boy was pushing me. Oh, I love Kindercare. Me too. Why? Didn't go. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but I knew... <laughs> I I knew I was set up differently. Mm-hmm. You gonna let Kevin Hart? You gonna learn today? Like I knew I was set up differently when I was being Jesus Christ. When this little boy was pushing me on the swing, and I was like, "Oh, he can't." I like this, <laughs> <laughs> but 
that evening I have to go to church with my mama, but they talking about you gonna go to hell. Like how you how you confuse a kindergartner like that? So did you feel resentment towards God? Or the church as Tiffany? Because of how I know God talks to me, I never felt resentment. I always felt like I was protected. Mm-hmm. Because I'm again, I'm like SpongeBob and the Golden Girls all wrapped in the one. I don't understand this reference. <laughs> Shut up, son. I never felt resentment towards God because I always felt like God had his shoulders on me because I know I had a different story. His than hands every... on your shoulders. What'd I say? His shoulders on you. <laughs> wow, you're carrying the weight of God? That's a lot of pressure. So, okay, Saya, so you said that you didn't come out till later. Um, did you feel, like, why did you feel the need to come out? And why was it important to you or you just felt like it is what it is at this point? Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah. So for me, by the time I by the time I decided to come out to friends, it had gotten to the point where I knew I dated men. Be clear. I have dated men. Um, It just was not the same. So for me, like I knew I knew I was gay. All right, let's see what happens when I date a man. It had a boyfriend and everything. That was fine, but it was one of those things of like, you knew you were denying a part of yourself, mm-hmm. even in that. And so I had a great boyfriend at the time that I was dating him, but I just, it wasn't me. It just was not me. And I was starting to love myself more, appreciate myself more. And I just wanted to stand in that truth for my, for my own self. Um, was I nervous about it? Yeah. I didn't want to disappoint anybody. So I definitely didn't even tell my parents first. And I wasn't even sure of their reaction because of where we grew up. What I learned afterwards that I think I wanted an acceptance that really wasn't theirs to give. Mm-hmm. It was something I had to achieve for myself first. And later on, I learned, you know, they're just going to have to come to that point of acceptance of what I've already accepted, whether or not they do or don't, you know, right? that's not really in their control. I'm doing this for me. There was one point Sorry. when my dad like walked into my room and I had checked the computer off real quick. <laughs> what were you watching? <laughs> We'll talk about that on a different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Remember, I had no outlet. I had no outlet. <laughs> had no outlet. And you were curious. I yes. was a bit, okay. baby. <clears throat> but my like coming out was I was on a cruise ship. I'm coming out on a cruise ship. That's I want the real. If um, you told me that that's how you came out, I would 100% believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Shrimps and all. I don't know what happened. Child, there was this clear man on the ship. He played the drums, and I was a singer dancer. And I don't, I was so infatuated with him. But anyway, I wrote my mama and daddy and brother this letter. It was like six pages of email oh, on so the ship. Nice. Huh? You're so nice. Go ahead. What ship were you on? Holland America, the MS Euro Dam, honey, oh, 2008, sorry. 2009. Stop the table. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You heard any any noises that might have been Jay hitting the table with his elbows, but that's okay. We're gonna click the noise cancellation. When <laughs> y'all, um, I don't know if that's how that works. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Patrick, that, the out. first time I was on the ship. The second time, honestly, 
I mean, my sending them those letters uh-huh, and did. they didn't respond. I'm trying to understand why there's part two. <laughs> my black family, if they don't want to talk about something, they sweep it into the rug. Oh, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. So, so what happens just... the next time you see them? Hey, like boo. any conversation but that? Yeah. Yeah. That's how we, that's, that's how we operate. Any conversation but that. Huh. So the third time. Jesus. You had to come out three times? I didn't really come. I've, I'll, this, I've always been this individual. Wow. I'm like, either y'all gonna recognize it or is you ain't. I don't care no more. Sounds um, exhausting. But the most uh, recent, my mother and I, from Mother's Day, a couple of weeks ago, we sat on our back lanai. Don't call it the patio, because Gloria Dean. Oh, it's definitely a lanai. Um, it's got the little screen in thing. Baby. Yeah, okay. It's, it's just it's on the lake. Google's lanai. <laughs> Are y'all in Florida? No, right. we're in South Carolina. Uh, oh, on the, um, on the lake. Gloria Dean and I talked for about four hours out there in the dark, and I was like, I was like, Gloria, I went to the doctor because my shoulder hurt. I felt like something was wrong with my shoulder. Do you call your black Southern mother that's a preacher Gloria? When I'm in this presence, Gloria Dean. okay, okay. But when I'm in her presence, it's Ma. Okay, just checking. (laughs) I'm not trying to get slapped until next week. I'm not. That's progressive. Are you sure they didn't care? (laughs) Also, Lanai is super fancy. I just looked it up. I no, I will never call okay, Gloria right. Dean just checking, just checking. Gloria Dean to her face because I will have no teeth. Right, got it. <laughs> At thirty-seven, no teeth. But we talked, and it was just a—it was honestly a beautiful conversation. And when I got back to DC, she sent me a text message, and I was like, "Didn't think that was going to go that yeah. way, but uh-huh. wow!" And we've been kicking, and we proceeded as regular since. Um, do you wish you had had that response at 10, 12, somewhere earlier than It was such a weight off my shoulders because I felt like she honestly got it. Mm. Because I'm like, Gloria, there's a chemical response when a nigga walks past me. Mm. There is not a chemical response when a female walks past It, it just ain't. I appreciate the female Preaching completely. Time. Like, we make jokes all the time. I tried to come out butt first. They had to cut me out. But... Tiffany, I'm going to eat some more juice. I, no, you I wasn't. I wasn't ready. <laughs> okay. Oh, my. I have so many jokes. <laughs> <laughs> None of them were appropriate. Carol Donna gets canceled. <laughs> it's only, like, the third or fourth episode. No. Man, you set us up. And Please, I can't say nothing. Let's crack. The, but it was it was honestly the most beautiful moment that we've ever had. We've mm-hmm. ever had. And, like, nothing has changed. And I thought it was going to be like, we got to rebuild this relationship. But nothing. We still kiki. Ain't nothing. She accidentally called me girl by accident while she's talking on the phone with mm-hmm. me. It ain't nothing. What y'all looking at? Wow, you don't know how to just talk and um. <laughs> keep the conversation going, do you? Do you? This is not video. <laughs> do you ever feel like resentment that you had to come out? Mm-mm. Because yeah. I don't feel like I ever came out. I've always felt like, bro, you just told us that you came out three times. Which one? <laughs> right. was it? No, you wrote because a six-page letter about how you were gay or not. I'm writing beautiful. I don't write. <laughs> not the writer all though. <laughs> because this, right, who you're experiencing is the same person I was at five. I just feel like I had to verbalize it sometimes. Okay. 
I don't know. So you were saying gay, right? Huh? You, you, in these letters, conversations, you were saying gay. So you came. The only thing that was changing was I felt they like they never heard it. Did you ever just come home with a man? My mother. Yeah. I, I these experiences. A lot of these people that y'all see when y'all score. I've never. I've never had them. Oh, so you, even though you've acknowledged it with your family, even though they didn't acknowledge it, you didn't also didn't bring it home either. Yeah. My father, I forgot what show it was, but I was in Charlotte. I was in a musical and... Story for shut up, Carol. Anyway, long story short, say, um, my ex from California had to go pick my mom up from the airport. And I was like, oh, Jesus. But she got in the car. He took her to Charlotte to my aunt's house. I was in a show in Charlotte. And I was in a show in Charlotte. And after my ex from California, we all had dinner together. My dad sat beside him. And I was like. But he just thought that was a friend. No, my father knew. My father accepted it and knew because my father was preaching one day about homosexuality. And after I finished directing the choir, I said, listen, pastor. If you have any more of those sermons, I cannot be your minister of music. Wait, this is during service? After, before I went, before I drove back to Charlotte. But were you in the pool? Like, were you in the choir stand? Like, After, you grabbed the mic during no. church? I mean, you did make it sound like that. I was like, Sam was like, no, I did. I did get up and leave because my okay. sister was out to my mother was a soprano. I was like, I got up and left mm-hmm. and left the church because I'm like, I'm not going to sit here through that. Mm-hmm. And after that, he never, he never ever preached another anti-gay or anti-homosexual uh, sermon. But he still knew that this young man was not just your friend. Oh, he knew that California okay. was my boyfriend at okay. the moment. But no, but you never said, "Hey, mom, dad, this is my boyfriend." I said, "No, hey, California's coming to pick you up from the airport," or "Hey, California, California, or boyfriend." California. His California. name. He's not saying I'm the not name. Saying his name. I know, but I'm saying. Yeah. But they knew California, California was not my significant it. other. Oh, okay. They See, knew that. But that was, was never stated explicitly aloud. Say it said, this is my oh, boyfriend. It, once or twice, but after that, it okay. was just. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. okay. So okay. then you. Jay, what are you what? saying? <laughs> All this California for no reason. Yes. Oh, I don't <laughs> want to put nobody's name out there. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Basically, long story short, they knew. They knew. They knew. He. You had put the, the words together in a sentence. They knew the yes, whole okay. sentence. Okay. Yeah, I know I can't tell no story, but they okay. knew the whole sentence. <laughs> okay. okay, tell so many. I will say for me, I definitely did not. Oh, well, no, I, I definitely. First of all, let me just state, I was requested to not bring anybody around um, at wow. first. because By who? Both parents. I can't remember who asked first. But like, it was, after I was. What, as is, I was what in, is that conversation like? Can I? I'm sorry. Don't bring it around here. It basically, they basically just like you can do it out there, but don't bring it home. Yeah, I don't. Li- I didn't live with the under. I purposely didn't live under their roof. The time that I told them, oh, I mean, these kids okay. who are young, y'all, they got it made. Yes, because I couldn't. They, but yeah, I was not living under their roof at the time. But I was living in the same city, <laughs> and their whole thing was church and state. Like, let's just keep everything. Mm, don't separate, ask, don't tell. Pretty much. Wow. Although they knew about it. Um, and so out of respect, two things, out of respect for them, but also out of respect for the people that I was dating. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is not for you. Right. <laughs> Until they can be respectful. Because even my mother thought I was dating my friends and was 
room to my friends. And I was like, I don't want none of them. They are my friends. I, as a straight woman that played sports a lot, I, are do you ever concerned that so-and-so like sees you in the locker room? No. No. Because they don't want me. And they know that I damn sure don't want that. Well, let me also put Not a concern. But by <laughs> the time that I came out, I am uh, masculine of center and all of my friends are. And I have no interest in any of them. <laughs> but those are the ones that she could Because she understood seeing them visually that they were gay. Like, if she did not know whether or not you were because you were femme, then she's like, okay, well, they're cool, but mm. I don't want you dating any okay. of those that clearly are gay. And then, like, there's all of that with that. So, wow. yeah, it was, a, it was a whole mess. So they didn't mind if you brought your friends home. They did until they didn't. They didn't. They did mind until they knew they. I was not interested. I hope and y'all understand that this I'm is tracking. really hard to explain. <laughs> I no, I do understand. That's yeah. why I'm asking so many questions. Yes. Just like you guys are bringing up things that I've never considered or thought about before. So it's kind of like you guys really didn't get a lot of the like coming of age experiences, at least when it comes in relationships. If your parents are saying we don't even want to be involved in that part of your life at all like to me that feels like a lot of rejection unnecessarily just because i don't know like did you do you guys did you feel rejected at that age or like that you couldn't even live out loud oh at home the the one place you're supposed to feel safe and be live out loud is my term now so it's funny that you bring that up but like I had an older brother who's four years older who always had girls calling the house and he always had girlfriends and like those type of experiences I don't have. I had to ask my good friend Neandra to go to prom with me and I didn't really want to go to the prom. I didn't go to junior prom and I honestly didn't want to go to senior prom because I didn't want to be there with no female like that. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't dance with no dude like that. But all the regular... Not, I mean, okay. But like, I wanted the corsage, not to say that I'm, I mm -hmm. mean, I am feminine, but I I necessarily didn't want to put that corsage on Neandra's wrist. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, my dad rented the car. My dad, we rented the, I forgot what restaurant we went to, but my dad did all that because that's what the guy was supposed to do for the female. I'm cutting in and out. But like, I never was like, nobody came to my house and be like, can I date your son? Or can I take your son to Sonic in the skating rink? Oh, I thought you meant like the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't know y'all went to date that Sonic. <laughs> They're in high school, Carol. <laughs> Saying like my high school dates were extravagant. Oh I'm just saying God. I wasn't going. To, it's but like, oh, y'all didn't go to Bruce Chris in high school. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But the point, like, I didn't. <laughs> this is my strategist, y'all. Jesus. Sorry, sorry. No, please, it's not. But I didn't have those. Like, I've yet to receive flowers. I've been in a a, a, a gajillion shows, but I've never had a significant other come to opening night with flowers so sorry really quickly backing up a little bit were you were you guys out at school in high school yeah yeah no it was for me it was just like people just knew i will this i promise y'all this is the same person so with that being said i just remember like 
being very rebellious a little bit, not very rebellious, but did it never cross your mind to be like, all right, so I'm going to have old girl at home and we're going to take pictures with my parents and I'm going to meet my boyfriend or my dude at the dance and we're going to have a good time at prom. You know well, what I mean? I'm going to preface this by saying how old I am. I am 40. When I was 40, there was one, one guy that came out my junior year and another guy my senior year two totally different people so nobody was out and the reason they were Mm. out is to jonathan's point if everyone knew like if they knew they knew there was no way so for me it was very much like i knew i knew i was gay but i also knew that i wasn't going to be given the space to be that person Mm. at school one two I also was like, for me personally, this doesn't, you know, I, I'm not a gold star uh, lesbian. So for me, I was. You don't have to explain what that is. Oh, sorry. Is that not supposed to be funny? <laughs> explanatory <laughs> comma is uh, I. Ooh, Jonathan, okay. I had had I've had sex with men. So. Uh, Haven't you? Why is the shade? I have not. I'm a golden gay. I have not. Been My pee pee has not entered a vagina. That's yeah. not what I said. <laughs> You're kidding because I said that she's had sex with a man. What? Never mind. Never mind. Just gone. Moment fast. It was such a good joke. It was really good. <laughs> we all called it. Uh, for Jay. Um, but yeah, so for me, it was one of the things of like, if I am not interested in. Um, being ostracized, I'm going to try this for myself, uh, the heterosexual lifestyle. Um, one, because I didn't want to be um, socially uh, outed. Mm, and two, and two because I knew people were going to say that, how do I know if I hadn't tried? And I am not, not attracted to men. I just am more attracted to women let's be clear on that front too so i didn't feel like i missed anything because i didn't want to be out at that Mm. time that just wouldn't have been Mm. something i could have dealt with socially at school nor at home i I, I knew i purposely did not come out until i was in college because that's was a safe space okay so there's no safe space anywhere mm -mm. okay yeah I, i waited until i graduated from college before I told my parents. I was out my last two years in college, but I did not tell them anything until I was like, okay, you you paying no more of the bills. <laughs> smart, smart. Uh, I, I don't have to live here. I can. I don't have to. All right, y'all cool? All right, straight. All right. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, actually, I wasn't even living at home at the time. I was on camp grad school, on campus apartments, but I was home. Gotcha. And I, and I hadn't been for four years. I went. I came out in Tuskegee, Alabama, and then when I finished school, and I don't know why I came home, but I came home to go to grad school. And when I did that, I was like, "Well, I cannot be in the house because I knew I lived two years free mm-hmm. and fully gay, so that was not gonna work." Can't go back. Yeah, I'm not going back in the box yeah. for that. Yeah. So no, I that it never. I didn't have, I didn't have, I didn't have a desire to have anything normal outside of the fact that I just didn't want to be socially abnormal. Mm-hmm. Funny story, half my friends now from high school are gay. Baby. 
and yeah, we're <laughs> them not them ones from elementary school that I knew that I picked up on. See, I like y'all live y'all best lives with y'all husbands and wives. I said, okay. Now these are my close friends, and they're all now like three of them are now gay or and I'm so happy bi for them. or whatever. But it was like it wasn't none of us talked about this <laughs> until we finish either co- most of us finished college. Mm. So. But yeah, there was there was no space like there is now. There so no I will say I'm glad to see kids now don't have to deal with that. But when you're growing up in the church, you still you still do. It doesn't matter if it was what 20 plus years ago for me or now. There are still a lot of people who are dealing with the fact that the church is just not the, my biggest complaint about the church when it deals with homosexuality is that if you believe it's a sin and you're you know reading the Bible and it says it does, so I'm not going to argue that point. My point is this, knowing how you are to treat all other sins. If we are born in sin and says we are supposed to be, we are supposed to um, all seek uh, God uh, with not trying to find any private perfection, but instead to seek him so that he might uh, build us up in one way or another. Uh, that does not mean ostracizing these individuals or telling them that they're going to hell because they are low hanging fruit. You, if you want to do that then do that with everybody in that joint, like every last one of them, every time you meet, well, you know, you're going to hell and <laughs> you're an abomination, but I love you. Like <laughs> do that with everybody or don't do it at all. Is my whole entire point. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're going to, if you're going to love on everybody, don't do it because you cannot see all of the sins behind the door. Do it all blanketly or not at all. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, all right. So I did have a question because I, um, I, when I finally decided to come out to my parents, I dealt with, uh, we talked about therapy in earlier um, uh, podcasts. Um, I'm an advocate of it. I've gone Same. Mo- a couple of times now. Um, one of my, I bring that up because one of my therapists um, suggested a book is um, right after I came out, I was dealing a lot with my parents rejecting me as a person and not wanting to be involved with anything that I had to do, as I said before. And then me also dealing with my uh, spirituality and my relationship with God. And so he handed me a book. I'm going to recommend it right now because I think that if anyone is questioning, not only questioning, but just wanting to reaffirm their own self and their relationship with God, I would pl- I, I would say go ahead, go out and get it because it's a great book. It's called Spirited, Affirming the Soul and Black Gay Slash Lesbian Identity. I will post it and we will post it on on um, online so you can have it. But I still have to say that um, in this book, it talks about how the black church often muffles our queer spirituality by applauding us in its choirs while exhorting, <laughs> excortating us from the pulpits by using the qualifiers to love the sinner us, but to hate the sin, our sexual orientation. Uh, but this can put a divide on our permanent souls in the black choice church. Um, when you're void of acceptance of our body, you love our soul, but our body is completely separate of that. Mm-hmm. Um, causing a lot of us. I know a ton of people who have left the church mm-hmm. because of that. Uh, Jonathan, I want to ask you, cause I know I've dealt with a little bit of this, but have you, um, chosen to personally stay within the church or have you decided to leave and why? Um, when I got back from the cruise ship, 
And I started going back to church, my father's church. And I was like, oh, this choir suck. And I knew I had a musical background. I came in, I was a minister of music for five, I was a minister of music for five years. Let me backtrack, sorry. When I got to college, after having to go to church for 18 years, mm-hmm. I took a break. Like mm-hmm. a solid two years, I was like, mm-mm. I just, I had to go to church every day. Yeah. I was tired. I was just not necessarily tired of God, but it was just so it was the antics. And Mm -hmm. as you get older and you mature, you see how the church is such a hard place to work. It should be a very easy place to work. Mm -hmm. But it was so difficult dealing with all the personalities and all that bullshit. Yep. It's okay. We cussing and talking. Bullshit. (laughs) I'm like, these Sunday Christians are the worst. Mm -hmm. I'd rather go to corporate America than deal with these Sunday Christians. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... I recognized my ability to do the choir and the theatrical ministry and the dance ministry and all that. And I was like, these are my gifts. Mm -hmm. These are how I talk to God. Mm -hmm. So why do I have to stifle that? So I didn't, I took a little break and then I fully immersed myself for like five or six years. And then I moved here to DC and I'm kind of glad I did because I had no, I was not driving six hours Mm -hmm. just to do the choir or whatever. Um, I felt I needed to take a break Mm -hmm. from the church, not God, but from the church because it was so, it was so damning to me. Mm -hmm. And I know my light, I know my love and I know my gifts and I know how God uses me to talk to God Mm And for for me to not use that, I was like, something's wrong. Yeah, something's very wrong. If these people who I'm giving my soul to are still telling me that I'm gonna go to hell, I'm like, where they do that at? Right. Mm-hmm. So I was very appreciative for my break when I got to college, because mm-hmm. you know, college is very eighteen. That eighteen to twenty two right. frame is very. I feel like I'm just talking to you. 18 to 22 <laughs> is very, it's just pivotal for us yeah. as, an, as a growing individual because you're finding out who you are, what you like, what you don't like, what you will stand for. And, you know, it changes again at 32, but that break from the church. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important that we separate the church from oh God. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I told my mom last week and I was like, I had to lose the church to really formulate my relationship with God mm-hmm. until I started doing that at the water because I put so much energy. I want to be in a relationship. Like, I mean, I know I'm great. Why nobody want me to cook for them? Like what, 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 what happened? But I took that energy and put it into the water God. And so many things start started to become clear to me. The mm. baby, I had to, Sorry, I love God, but I had to let the church go. That's real. No, I mean, I, that's so interesting because for some people, they have to come through the church. Like, that's what connects them to God. Um, like, for me, I enjoy the fellowship and all of that that comes, the camaraderie, the community, the family that comes with church. But I also have a relationship with God outside of that as well. Like, our pastor preaches relationship over religion all the time. Yes. So he's very big on creating and developing your own personal relationship with God and not necessarily just being religious, not being religious. So I don't know if I, if I wasn't under his leadership, if I necessarily, if that would have 
blossomed or formed mm-hmm. in the way that it did for me personally. Yeah. But I also understand from your viewpoint, if I'm growing up my entire life, going to church and people telling me that I'm going to hell, I'm an abomination, all this other wild stuff, how that the church can be the barrier between me and God right. versus for me as a cis um, heterosexual female, I never got that. Yeah. So there, it wasn't the barrier. It was like my catapult. But I totally get that. There's something to be said about a praying grandma or two praying grandmas or whatever the case may be, because I think that that Baby. is what has uh, stayed me. Don't get me wrong. When I was in college, it wasn't like I was going every week like I used to go when I was, um, you know, at home, but I never strayed too far. I never fully left, but I came back very, very broken while also being gay and everyone knowing that I was gay. And the only saving grace for me was that I left my home church. I think if I had stayed, I know he talked a lot about that, but if I had stayed, it'd probably be a whole other scenario. But I was broken out in the world with uh, my career path, didn't know where I was going, was like, all right, I'm not staying here. Mm -hmm. I. Not, I just knew the, the area wasn't affirming either. You know, I'm coming from a mid-level t- size town. And I was like, oh, well, this ain't going to work. We have one lesbian bar and one gay bar. So I'm out. And so me leaving, but nev- leaving the area, but never leaving the church. So as soon as I got here, got connected to a church when I was, so I was already broken. I was already low. But I wasn't willing to let him go. Mm. Like I just, because I didn't know what else to do. For me, and this is my own personal journey, and this is why I say it may be different for everybody else. But I just know um, he revealed himself when I was ready to, to listen. Mm. And I wasn't in that place before that. And I don't know if I would have ever gotten to that place had I stayed in a church where there are individuals who are trying to tell me what I cannot be. And the one thing about the church that we are at now is that never happened. Now, don't get me wrong. People probably said things behind my my back, but I never got, you know, when you're at your home church, people feel real comfortable saying however they feel. I got the space for me that I needed with God to be able to develop my own relationship without having that added piece. And that's the part that kept me in the church. Had that not happened, I'm almost positive I wouldn't have stayed in the church because people aren't willing to do that unless they have, you know, they they can throw some darts. So like, because when you, you were at, oh, I don't know if I should say our church name. I don't know if it matters. But when I, you were at our church before. So when I came back from school, you were already there. Mm -hmm. Um, So to me, it seemed like you were- Friend with our friend. Yeah, friend with our friend. (laughs) You are already very, I wouldn't say you were like out, but you weren't like, I don't know if you ever specifically said at church, I'm gay, or if it was just like implied or people assumed. So did you feel like you had to, to me, it never seemed like you felt like you had to hide that piece of you. Or at that point you were like, look, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Yeah, it was. So you weren't, because you didn't, I don't think you came till what? 2009. 2009. Yeah. So I'd been there at that point, like a year and some change. Okay. So 
when I first was there, I was definitely wearing a cute little uh, business suit, okay? Nice little uh, leg, pants leg suit uh, with the nice little long um, tassels in the back. On oh, your yes. Hillary Rodham? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Hillary Rodham. Wait, tassels in the back? <laughs> Not tassels, but they're uh, long oh. coat. Like Tina Turner tassels? I'll, I'll show y'all later. <laughs> so I definitely didn't come out fully, fully in your face. Or as, as first thing makes to say, Bone Thugs and Harmony. I don't know where <laughs> she got that from, but she was definitely. Tiff, you remember her saying that? She said that a couple of times. Of What's like, that? Uh, our first lady in our church. I was going to back to Housewives of Atlanta. Who said that? I'm sorry. Who said that? Um, but I know that I got more comfortable and I didn't want to, if I was going to stay, because I had, first of all, I had no plans on staying. Let me just be honest. I came out of the the uh, appreciation of my godparents putting a roof over my head so I found my own place to live when I moved here. And I was like, for appreciation, I will at least show up on Sunday morning. <laughs> I won't be making it difficult for, you know, to get out the bed type situation. I'm just going to be there. And I had, I was like, I already said myself, told myself, I'm only going to be here a short while. Don't worry. I'm going to find me a gay affirming church and Five I'm going to be out. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, pastor definitely pulled me in. But I think that that was the thing is that, yes, after a while, he knew I was gay. But there was never a conversation about it, one. Two, there was never the belittlement by anybody in the church. So it didn't even matter with him. Nobody was saying it. Now I found out later people felt some type of way, but that's neither here nor there. What happened was they allowed me to grow. Mm -hmm. I had questions. He was willing to give answers. That's why I stayed. Had he not done that, Mm -hmm. I would have been out. But that... To me, that was the Lord working out a lot of things that I needed in my in my life. Mm-hmm. Everybody's story is not the same. And that's the problem that I really have about the church, right? Like, do you need to, do I need to necessarily go to a gay affirming church for me to be able to learn the word? For me, it was no. Mm-hmm. Some people may need that. Some people may not. But I found a place that is treating his word the way it should be, mm-hmm. which is, do you want to learn? Do you want to have your own personal relationship? Mm-hmm. You do? Cool. Here's some information. Learn it. Come ask some, some questions. And de- and we'll encourage you to develop your own relationship. Yeah. Will we tell you that you are full of sin? We all believe we all are. So mm-hmm. I'm not... We're all on level playing, fear, playing right. field here. I don't need to tell you any more than I need to tell the next person that they can go to hell. Because I feel that way about everybody's sin. That's the way it came across. Now, like I said... Learn later, some people may or may not felt any way, any some type of way about it. But I had people, there was um, Dean Carter, shout out to him, it was a past RIP, actual RIP. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna bring That's that down around. Uh, I hate us, but um, this ghetto. I uh, an older gentleman in my, in my church. And my favorite story about Charlotte is the fact that uh, this man couldn't have been younger than 80. Oh my um, god! But decided he uh, pulled me aside one day. And said, "Hey, I want I want us to go to 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 dinner or lunch together." And I was like, oh, "A date?" Okay, no. He said, no. <laughs> "He said he wanted to take me to dinner to have Sonic? dinner with me, not Sonic. He uh, had class. He had class. We went to a Chinese food restaurant. Anyway, so had time. fancy. He got y'all had dinner with Tito's." <laughs> Money, a lot. <laughs> you know, you get popcorn <laughs> and Skittles. Oh, he got money. Come on, orange popcorn. Money. All right. Sorry. Anyway, so 
He, <laughs> it's gonna be long. Y'all gonna have fun, but yes. Anyway, <laughs> long story short, he told me at the dinner he was like, "If anybody messes with you, you let them know that I think you're okay, and they need to come to talk to me." Oh. And this is, you know, probably within the first six months, six to eight months of me being at at the church, and so an eighty year old man mm-hmm. seeing something in you. That if everyone else at the church probably could have had their way, would have said the exact opposite. Yeah. That was the type of affirmation <laughs> that I needed for myself. And it doesn't happen like that for everybody. Mm-hmm. This is why I said my situation is very different from everybody else. But I didn't I didn't I didn't feel the need to make myself small for anybody at the church. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I was able to develop my own personal relationship. I and I think that's what if you really are a Christian and you're saying that you are a Christian, then that is what you're supposed to be doing anyway. That is our mandate. We are supposed to be making other Christians. And the only way that happens is if you allow people to be real with themselves to then get real with God. And if at any point there's something, he, he we are made to be reviewed, uh, revere him, but not only that, to to be molded and shaped by him because he had he said when we were born, before we were born, in our mother's wombs, he knew mm. who we were. And so for anyone else to tell us that 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 he is wrong in that fact, you don't know God, right? And if he wants to make an edit, a change later on, come on, edit. That's, right. That's <laughs> that's on him to do, not on any of us. Come on, control but our delete. Comes, <laughs> but that only comes if you have your own personal relationship, right? Because we all know, even in any scripture, if you read the Bible, you know any scripture, anything, anytime anything changed, the only change that happened was through him causing the change. Mm-hmm. We could sit up there all day and try to do it ourselves, but it doesn't happen. So that's been my biggest issue with the choir with growing drops. up gay in the church is that people want to play God. Mm. Ain't none of y'all God. Man. And until you get to the point of 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 recognizing that, then you can't do anything else. All right. That's why I, I want to go back to our cultural reference real quick. This young lady has decided that God has seen her in a different way. And that for her, for her, because she mentioned that. I there's a, in another part of it where she said, I need to say that this is for me. So I'm I understand why there was controversy and why he took it down, but she tried to clear it up by saying this is for her. And it I understand that you cannot she does damage to the gay community because she it seems as if she's brought uh putting a broad stroke on everything. And that is very damaging when a relationship with Christ is not one where you can put a broad stroke on anything. We have given he's been given rules and um and commandments and laws, but even those, I'm not saying that you edit them, but what I am saying is those are things that help you bring you closer to him so that if he has edits, he'll make them. They are not things that in which you would take them to the point of that you beat somebody over the head with them. It's more so, hey. These are the things that we I would like to see. Got questions? Come to me. Mm-hmm. That's how it's supposed to be. Bottom bottom line. And I don't I think she failed. What she did with in, in the way in which she said that is it made everyone else feel like you're not affirming yourself to be in this relationship and you're telling everyone else that I need to do the same. And that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It does not work. Mm-hmm. And 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 I understand that that's what she wants to do for herself. And maybe cool. It gets her to X, Y, and Z, or maybe he did. Maybe he told her, 
she can be heterosexual with the smudge. Right. I don't, I, fine, Wh- whatever. He may have flipped the switch in her brain. Exactly, cool. But it ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm and being it, sarcastic. And it, it doesn't have anything to do with me, though. And if that's how you want to live, fine. But she has to be careful in the way when she positions things because he doesn't work, he just doesn't work in broad strokes. He never mm-hmm. has. Mm-hmm. He works on an individual basis and... I can't tell you that what has happened to me because I just gave you stories and that that's not going to happen again for anybody. So that I can't tell you that that's going to be how it works for everybody. But there may be people that he makes a decision on to do whatever is happening with her. Fine, cool. But you can't, lady, you can't tell anybody else. Your stroke ain't my stroke. Exactly. Because I don't, I do I not. That's the worst. Shut that is up. the worst. It was. It you. was. I heard it after I said it. <laughs> and but... I heard it. And then I was like, wait, no. <laughs> No, I didn't Her mean, stroke yes. most definitely is not your stroke. <laughs> but I was just like, I, I had to do all this self work yeah. on my own. Like I ain't had no counselor. I couldn't talk to my mama. I couldn't talk to my daddy. Couldn't talk to my brother. I could. I had to do all this in my own head. Yeah. And like seven years, I had to figure out like, well, I can't do that because that's gonna piss my daddy off. And I know these deacons don't like my daddy. And I know these deacons are already talking about me. And I don't know my daddy's temper. My daddy's a detective. My daddy got a gun. My daddy got pieces. <laughs> and I know my daddy's temper. Mm-hmm. At seven years old, I know my daddy's temper. So I know I can't be the full SpongeBob Jonathan. At seven, because I know these deacons are going to talk about me, and my daddy's going to hear that, and my daddy's temper is it's my... going to kill them, right? Is that where we're going? We, baby, 48 hours. I don't like you. <laughs> she knows my head, and you know my head, too. That's why you're looking at me like that. Y'all both get on my nerves. Wow, I even wear your swimsuit. The murdering preacher. <laughs> How did I get involved? I literally said nothing. No, because you have said nothing since I've been here, but see, that's the, care of, that's the face she make. I, I want to also answer that I... I I sorry. Uh, I'm gonna uh, stop. No no no. Growing up, growing up gay, um, uh, Billy Porter said it very eloquently. But he was talking about his mom, and his mom had also had to deal with this. And what you just said right there is another piece of it that people can don't I, think about. Can I tell a story real quick? I'm uh-huh. <laughs> no, go ahead. Talk. No, she left because I'm I'm gonna tell it quick. But your face, Tiffany. I don't even know what it looks like. Hers. Well, it's not just like that. Anyways, I was in. <laughs> I was in third grade playing basketball. I got the ball, shot at the. I did a jeté, a leap around. Right, that's what my mama did while okay. she was in the bleacher. I just have never heard of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Seen it. Okay, but I did that playing basketball because I thought my my older brother who was twelve, he was an athlete. I thought I was. That's what her face did. Athlete. You were an athlete. If you I did that playing basketball. <laughs> you know what? Cancel me. Cancel all this off. I don't want to be on this podcast. Wait, I do want to know I'm just where we're going. going. Oh, what were you talking about? Oh, my God. Wow. You don't act. A jeté on the basketball court. I was right. talking about the parents. The parents having to do oh, the Oh, so my mom and dad were sitting in the bleachers, and I did the jeté with the basketball in my hand. Shorts pulled up to here. Socks to my knees. My daddy, my mama said, my daddy, my daddy beat my ass mm. after that basketball game. I have never touched a basketball since. Mm. Because I was just having a good old time. Right. But I shot at the wrong goal, but I did a beautiful jeté. Beautiful. Round off, backhands, beautiful. So how do you know Athlete. he just didn't beat you because you shot at the wrong basket? <laughs> I'm going to let you answer that, Carol. <laughs> I'm sure that was part of it. <laughs> Not that was part of it. 
No, but this is that is very tragic. I it's, am very sorry that like I can you. see because that is the same place where I went for after school. That is the same place I was a mm. summer camp counselor. This is like all traumatic. Mm-hmm. Baby. Mm-hmm. And but I had to deal with all that on my own, like in my room at 700 Carter Drive. I had to deal with that all by myself. Mm-hmm. There was no. Can we talk about this? Can we talk about how this affected me? But that's how I know, like God loves me because mm-hmm. I'm not in no crazy house with no white jacket on. Mm-hmm. I tell my mama all the time, like God is very particular about me. On the way here. I, I had Carol turned and I had to wait on the car, but it had the, the last, the license plate. God talks to me through license plates. The last four were my phone number. And I had to look back at it. I was like, but I'm on my way to do God's work mm-hmm. because there's a little boy, there's a little girl who was growing up in the church, who's a preacher's kid, who has no outlet. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm talking to you again. It's okay. It's okay. But it's like, again, what if my discipline is contingent upon somebody else's success or happiness Mm -hmm. because i know i'm not the only story you're not the somebody has your story somebody has your story somebody has all our story Mm -hmm. so there's another little black girl or boy preacher's kid who is still dealing with this in 2021 Mm -hmm. so that's why i had to like (sighs) i i i brought up the parents because i often feel like the parents um Get, take the shots, right? They take a lot of the shots when, and that's their fear too. Even if they don't get any shots from people talking about whatever your child is doing, they have fear about people giving them the shots. Billy Porter talked about how his actual mother took a lot of the shots for him his whole entire career. And what it made me think about though is the thing that she did differently than a lot of other parents do is in Instead of taking it to God and dealing with that with God, a lot of people will take it out on their child, mm-hmm. just like Jonathan's parents did. And I'm not going to condemn anybody because it. I understand that probably having a child that is not quote unquote normal, doesn't matter what you consider the norm range to be, <laughs> it feels like you're, you're dealing with a heavy burden. So I'm not going to say that uh, everyone should know exactly what to do, but I, I feel like that burden on them should have been a reason for them to turn to God so that we could then turn to God. But instead it didn't, it didn't, it didn't turn out that way. And that's because when you are choosing low fruit to hit, it's easier to push out and say what somebody else is doing instead of being reflective and saying, okay, what are you trying to say to me about this guy? Or how would you have me raise them? Or what would you want me to do? Or who can I be for them so that they can feel your love still, regardless of what everybody else? Like those, if you're doing those things, then that that allows your child to then find a, a place of their own self-affirmation and then be able to develop their own relationship. Uh, it, it happens only because you're showing them that love. It's not going to happen if you don't. And I, I, I do feel bad for parents because I know that this is not an easy thing to deal with when we seek for normalization all across the board. Doesn't matter who you are, but it does not negate the fact that you have some. Your responsibility should not have been outward. It should have been inward. Mm-hmm. And people don't do that. And that's the the sad part. And that's why I'm very grateful for my parents because they never tried to like press me down, which I'm still like confused by. They still let me do gymnastics, still dance, piano, all those things that 
boys don't do. Like my mom would let me go up the street and play with Michelle with the Barbies and we had did a soap opera with the Barbie dolls. And I was like, as an adult, I'm like, why did you let me go up the street and play with Barbie dolls? Especially if you're then later on sending the mixed signal of, yeah. I don't like it when you're playing basketball <clears throat> in this way. But I, I honestly, as an adult, I don't know how to qualify. Is it qualify or quantify right now? Qualify, qualify. it? Probably qualify. Either way, I don't know what bubble to put it in. Yeah. But that's why I like, I'm so grateful to God and forgiving me those parents mm -hmm. because they were, baby, they, they were just as confused yeah, as I was. That's, that's what I'm saying. I think we want to demonize a lot of parents and it's easy to a lot of times, but I don't, I, I, I do understand where they're coming from when you want to, a child to be maybe in a, maybe make it a little easier for you because you're not there yet. But mm -hmm. I think that's what God is trying to do in that moment. If he knows that I was, how I was born, what I would struggle with, the tears I would cry before I've even cried, then he already knows what you're going, as a parent, going to have to deal with too. So sitting up there and try to beat the gay out of a child just because you don't want to deal with everyone else talking, that, that makes no sense. Yeah. He must have known you were going to have to deal with this too. Why are you not recognizing that as well so that we can come together as a unit and and Move deal forward. with with God in the way in which he wants us to do? Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want you to squash your gifts either. I think a lot of times the, the thing that hurts the church the most, and they don't even realize it, is how many individuals are no longer sitting in their pews, building a community because... We are getting pushed out, and there's so many skills, so many, so much love, so much. I mean, if you want to even quantify it in money, I'm, I'm not going there. I'm just saying there's so many people out there who are searching for this, and y'all aren't giving them an opportunity to provide it because it doesn't fit in the box that you wanted to, mm. and that's the problem that I have with it. And it, and it does not need to mean she said it even in her in her interview that um, she still struggles with her homosexuality. Uh, or at least the lust part of it or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And that so many individuals believe that once you become a Christian, that you will no longer be gay. If that's the, the thought that they want to have for that. And she said, that's not that's not the case. And I think that's the same thing with with anything. Right. Like you have to. You have to build that personal relationship. You have to allow him to show you who you really are, be okay with that being that instead of trying to run away and, mm -hmm. or trying to hide or trying to make someone shamed of it. You get so much more if you just open your arms and that's not what the church is doing. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. So I think this has been a great conversation. Um, we are near our, over our time. 91 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, over it's not crazy. Is, no, which is good because we've had a really good conversation. But Jay, this is a point of our show where we affirm um, our listeners um, as pertaining to our topic. So um, we just want you to give, and we can go first if you'd like some time to think about it, but um, an oh, affirmation <laughs> to give. It, it could be a um, young, uh, gay person, and like I think something maybe you wish you had heard when you were younger, but just affirming them in this moment before we leave. This is exactly because I did my podcast, Not Your Average Preacher's Kid, yes. this morning at six o'clock because today is the day my father got his wings in 2013. And my daddy said, go look at the sunrise. I said, OK. But what my father told me this morning, my, my earthly father told me this morning from heaven was 
you got to be you. Like you have to own it because my father was in my dreams and Carol knows I did not really sleep well last night. Um, and it's weird because he only shows up in my dreams maybe two, three to four times a year. And the fact that he came this morning. <laughs> it's okay. But it was very, it was very, it was scary, but it was very empowering. You got to be you. No matter what the church, no matter, you got to be you. Like, again, I didn't have a therapist. I didn't have anybody to sit and talk to. You're going to be okay. You're going to be perfectly fine. Stick to your guns. Keep your chin up. Keep your chest up. You're going to be perfectly okay. That was really good. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> but I'm about to cry. <laughs> um, throw baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> You guys switch it up. Feel like you're gonna cry? Yeah, you're right. switch it up. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> okay, got it. Not got anymore. It. Pretty, pretty disgusting. <laughs> Do you want to give yours tip? <laughs> no, I don't. I need a second. Say it. Um, let me go last. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I guess I'll go. Um, I would say uh, to find your safe space. Um, I learned here today that um, there's a lot of people out there that they don't feel safe at home. They don't feel safe at church or school or whatever. So I just encourage if you don't feel like you have that safe space to find it within yourself or, um, I don't know. I just, I hope that you know that you're loved, that, um, what you're what is happening inside of you that you can't always explain is okay. There's a lot of things that we're all dealing with that we can't always articulate. Um, and that you are not by yourself, but that I hope that you find a place where you can feel safe and flourish and that you will flourish. And even though it feels like a dark cloud right now, that it will be okay. Mm. Um, I'll go next. I want to rebuke the emotion of loneliness for mm. anyone that's listening. Um, I know that in a lot of times when you feel like no one understands you, your family rejects you, your church rejects you. Those are two um, often very steady pillars in people's lives. And to feel like the people in the, both of those communities and family relationships don't accept you for who you are can be a very tough thing to struggle with, possibly for a lifetime. Um, and I can't imagine how that feels to anyone that may be listening that is going through that. But I just want to re loneliness from you because you will find your community and your tribe and regardless of where you are in your station of life god loves you and is walking with you oh that was actually good because it was right actually <laughs> no no i didn't mean it shaded the most <laughs> in our upper shade i'm I, really i didn't mean it okay. that way i was saying it because it ties right into the thing i was about to say oh okay so actually wasn't because usually <laughs> i'm shoddy <laughs> The actual was the fact that you said exactly what I was about to say. Okay. So I was going to follow up with yours. I'm like, God, I'm trying to be nice here, but I'm sorry if it comes across. It's coming across like Joe Budden, okay? It's all wrong. Wow. Okay. The real baby. Oh my gosh, Carol. How are we having affirmations intermittent? We should have in between Carol and Tiffany's. All right. Um, my affirmation is just what Tiffany said. You are loved. If you do not hear that enough in your life, I want you to just understand that you 
are loved. You are, if there's anyone out there, it doesn't matter, gay, straight, uh, I want to let you know that you have an ally, you have somebody who loves you, who has thought enough to create you into being. So even if the world around you looks like it does not, you are loved. There is nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing about you that is not loved. There's nothing about you that is not right. There's nothing about you that should not be there. Even if it is, even if it is uh, temporary, even if it is you moving from one part of your life into another, if it is you taking yourself from uh, a place that you know you should not have been into another, if it is taking yourself from a place of feeling unwanted into a place of affirmation, whatever, you, wherever you are, are, are at right now in your life, I want to just affirm in everyone that you are loved. The difficulties that you are having right now, also I want to speak to, are, are things in which are required for you to get to the next level. And I know that I said earlier that the only person who can change any of us is God. And yes, that does come with a personal relationship. It does come with uh, sometimes a broken heart. Sometimes it comes with, at times I've been, uh, for me, it came with a broken spirit. Um, but even in those moments uh, when I felt, the lowest I possibly could, the one person that I ran to was the one person I knew that loved me, regardless of everything else that everyone else had told me. I felt it in my spirit. And so even if you don't feel it right now, I want to affirm again that you are loved. He is there. He is waiting. No matter what anyone else tells you, he wants that relationship with you. And it sometimes takes that broken spirit, the loss of family, the loss of friends, the lostness of our own souls before we can be built back up and fall back into his arms. So don't allow this season, if you're in that, to discourage you. Just remember at the heart of it all, you are loved. I think that's it for me. Ask me not, oh gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. Wow. Okay, I'm done. That was beautiful. Thank you for that selection. Um, yes. <laughs> you can hear me rainbow on my podcast. <laughs> Next, we will have Sister Johnson. <laughs> For today's program for events, the liturgical team. After that, we'll have our guest stand in. Don't y'all forget to stick a shut in. So drop our cash out. We need what <laughs> for the tithes and offerings. Oh my god! All right, y'all. See y'all in two weeks. Bye. See y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.